than other. So, yeah, it's, we're watching it closely. Um, as I said, we are probably uh, a little bit uh, bemused a little bit by some of the reaction. But overall, uh, I suspect that people are looking to take um, some of the risk off the table in the commodity space. Toby, always good to talk to you. Thanks very much. That's Toby Lawson, Head of Global Markets at Societe Generale in Australia. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. And let's take a final look at the markets uh, for this morning. Down in Australia, the SX200 right now is up about a third of 1%. The Nikkei 225 in Japan has risen 0.9% at the open. The Cosby in South Korea also up a third of a percent. And the Hang Seng... That looks like it's going to add about 100 points in an hour's time at the open. In the commodities markets, Brent crude oil is trading at $58.29 a barrel and gold is at $1,575 an ounce. And not much movement in the currency markets right now. The, the US dollar is at 108.9 Japanese yen and at $1.31 against the British pound. That's it for this week and for this month on Money Talk. Do have a great weekend and do please join me once again on Monday morning for, uh, for more business and finance news. Let me give you an update on the weather forecast uh, right now for today. Uh, it's going to be, uh, if I can get it up here, it's going to be fine and fine and dry, cold in the morning. Maximum temperatures going to be about 18 degrees during the day. The temperatures will rise and it will become cloudier in the next couple of days. There is uh, a cold weather warning in force and a yellow fire danger warning and it's 13 degrees right now, 52% relative humidity. 8.31, here's Samantha Butler with the Half Hour News. The number of confirmed deaths from China's coronavirus outbreak has risen to 213, with nearly 2,000 new cases confirmed. Hubei province reported 42 of the 43 new fatalities. The new figures come hours after the World Health Organization declared a global emergency over the deadly pathogen, which has spread to at least 18 other countries. Meanwhile, a plane repatriating around 200 French citizens has taken off from Wuhan. The French military aircraft is bound for southern France where the passengers will be quarantined for 14 days. The declaration of a global emergency means all countries are being urged to tighten controls to limit the spread of the disease. The head of the World Health Organization, Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, said there were fears the virus could hit nations with weaker health systems that were less able to cope. And he advised against resorting to fear tactics and causing unnecessary panic. There is no reason for measures that unnecessarily interfere with international travel and trade. So WHO doesn't recommend limiting trade and movement. We call on all countries to implement decisions that are evidence-based and consistent. Health services sector lawmaker Joseph Lee says the government has been incompetent over sourcing surgical masks for the general public and the medical sector. Yesterday, the chief secretary, Matthew Jones, said 8 million masks would shortly be arriving, but Professor Lee said demand from the public was around 3 million a day. He also expressed concern about a shortage of masks for private clinics. If that would be a shortage in the private clinic, that means the first line defense, that means the private clinic cannot act as a defense to screen or to accommodate patients at first level. As you can see, not just the Wuhan coronavirus is attacking Hong Kong, and winter surge is coming. As far as public health system is concerned, it all depends on the private clinic to act as the first line defense to protect Hong Kong from winter surge. If the private clinic cannot open due to shortage of masks, that will cause a lot of problems in the healthcare system.
The Palestinian leadership says it's warned Israel that if it annexes any part of the occupied West Bank, all agreements between the two sides will be terminated. The Palestinian Prime Minister Mohammed Steyer said this would include economic and political deals struck in the past. If we accepted the deal, we could have been good guys. Simply because we are stick to our national interests, we are not good guys anymore. If that is the criteria for who is good and who is bad, we prefer to be very bad sticking to aspirations of our people. Under President Trump's Israeli-Palestinian peace plan unveiled on Tuesday, Israel would be free to annex all the settlements it's built in the West Bank. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverton. Your co-host today is Danny Gittings. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. More on the developments in the coronavirus infection today. 42 more fatalities on the mainland. So far, no deaths outside the mainland, though, although the WHO has declared the outbreak a global health emergency. Two more cases were reported in Hong Kong since yesterday, where 3,000 medical staff have also signed a petition backing strike action next week. The government here has also promised that tens of millions of face masks are on their way after a number of, a lot of people tried unsuccessfully to get them in shops over the past few days and there was some panic buying of other supplies and of food. Regina Yip has called for mainland tourists to be stopped from coming into Hong Kong for the time being. Well, let us know what you make of uh, developments. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Bankchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, bankchat at rthk.hk, or you can give us a call, and our number is 233-88266. We'd like to hear from you, 233-88266 is our number. Joining us for our programme today, for the first part of the programme, we have uh, Joseph Lee, who's the healthcare uh, sector lawmaker and uh, other... Uh, doctors will be joining us in the course of the programme. Danny. And uh, let's first of all go to some comments coming in from our listeners. Uh, Peter says, It seems some people felt directly addressed when I called out the local and international racist and xenophobic responses towards the current corona epidemic, evidencing that professional social justice warriors won't listen as their feelings and sinophobia and their need to sig virtue s signal are more important than facts. The social justice warriors deliberately ignored my comment on how the current corona epidemic compares to the 2009 H1N1 flu pandemic that was first detected in the US and how the US mishandled that outbreak, resulting in the deaths of between 151,000 and 575,000 people worldwide, according to official numbers from the American CDC website. At that time, no one was calling for a ban on Americans com from coming into Hong Kong or called it the American flu. I agree we must protect our health workers and citizens, but the social justice warriors' arguments, if taken to their logical conclusion, require closing all borders and quarantining the whole city, just like Wuhan. While that would be an effective measure, it would be hard to do in any democratic society. And given that many surgical masks come from China... A total border closure would only worsen the current shortage. The point is, selective border closures do not work. They just help to reinforce stereotypes and xenophobia. That, that email from Peter uh, on a different topic. Uh, Richard, in an email entitled Year of the Ostrich, says, Isn't it amazing that four police stations and a police car were bombed? 
The bombs were placed and went off in toilets in Jordan Road, the Shenzhen control point, and all RTHK did was to stick its head in the sand and keep mum. Is this willful ignorance or incompetence? Is this because RTHK thinks that Amnesty International's griping, which really helps no one here, is more important than bombs going off around town? Or is it because RTHK is so focused on wasting taxpayer money lambasting the police and giving Amnesty a platform to help its fundraising that RTHK would rather tell the world that people are harassing and arresting people who are merely trying to express their opinions through the use of pipe bombs, guns or other lethal weapons than say the police are actually dealing with terrorists? Do you wonder why people here actually hate RTHK now? That email from Richard. And uh, a couple more. This is from John, John Sai Kung, who says, Hi, Hong Kong government has wasted millions promoting Hong Kong as an IT hub, but district councillors and others use basic video conference technology. Many businesses learn from SARS and are better prepared than the government. That comes from John and Sai Kung, as I say. And S finally says, Just a word of caution. A friend sent me some footage showing used masks being cleaned and resold and warns of street vendors selling such masks. Yes, thanks for that, and thanks for everyone else. Backchat at rthk.hk. OK, we're joined now by uh, Joseph Lee, Joseph Lee, health, healthcare sector lawmaker. Good morning, Mr Lee. Thank you for joining the show. Good morning. Now, uh, we just heard you on the, on the news uh, saying that uh, the government's announcement that, what, 8 million masks on the way, that's, is, you, you say that's totally inadequate. Yes, uh, as you can see... Uh, some of the experts also announced that, well, uh, the uh, minimum or average estimate uh, based on the 7 million uh, population in Hong Kong is concerned is around 15 to 5 million per day daily use. As you can see, Michael John just mentioned yesterday mentioned that uh, probably maybe 8 million uh, face masks will be coming. So will that be adequate? That's what a day's use. That's number one. Number two is how would this mask be distributed? And how would the um, elderly and those with an honorable sector will benefit from this uh, 8 million stock if they are uh, uh, landed locally in Hong Kong. A lot of questions will arise. Uh, just, uh, as you can see, the government currently is rather incapable and incompetent to coordinate and to lead uh, the, how the face mask will be used and distributed to protect the public in Hong Kong. That is a key to prevent community infection. Well, that would be uh, evidence that the government cannot do and coordinate this job better. So you say that um, Hong Kong needs three to five million face masks a day. That's what, maybe 150 million face masks a month. Uh, th the problem is there are just not enough face masks in the world, are there? And um, other countries are running short of supplies. Uh, we, you just, it's just not going to be possible to get that large quantity of face masks. So what's the solution? Well, with the announcement of the WHO that uh, the uh, Wuhan coronavirus will become a kind of uh, global health emergency, and that will uh, <clears throat> obviously alarm most of the country or uh, different uh, cases, will rush for ma face masks. That's why the Hong Kong government will take the lead to coordinate, uh, to uh, keep enough stock for Hong Kong. Uh, as, as you can see, uh, in the previous days or in the last week, the government in this move for searching for adequate stock faces for Hong Kong people is quite the, a kind of delayed measure. Uh, and with that kind of mentality and strategy, well, how would Hong Kong people be comfortable that the government is protecting Hong Kong, relieving Hong Kong citizens to fight against this virus? 
but I come back to the point that there are simply not enough face masks in the world. So we're not going to get five million face masks a day in Hong Kong. So how are we going to cope? Should people just stop going out? Well, currently that would be a short-term and long-term measures. And as far as short-term measures are concerned, I think the government will be uh, clearly stay out the timeline and roadmap. How within uh, one or two weeks and will we stock up at adequate or enough face masks for Hong Kong people? As far as long-term security is concerned, uh, the government might uh, obviously announce that uh, make use of the correctional services industry to increase production of masks. Uh, as you can see, as far as Victor is concerned, uh, the uh, correctional services industry is capable to produce around a million or, 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 or a face mask uh, daily for uh, use. And the government should uh, work on the plans how would enlarge the production of the correctional services industry so that uh, local face masks can be produced uh, in the short term to ease the uh, present demand for face masks in public and also for medical staff. Sorry, can I just can I just un- underline that because uh, none of the reports I've seen have actually sort of mentioned the scale of of production from the correctional services. So you're saying it's, that well, it's one million a month, one million or two, well, two million a month. Yes. One million, one, well, I, I see from the uh, current news that the correct uh, the correctional services uh, industry is capable to produce around a million per day. I think and that's, if we can um, enlarge that uh, capacity, uh, that at least. In the, in the short, in the term, different, we'll ease the situation. I've seen several reports saying uh, one to two million a month. Uh, obviously, this has to be investigated further, but I, get, I have real difficulty in believing that, uh, yes. given the number of um, uh, inmates in Hong Kong, they could produce uh, one million masks a day. It just does seem uh, actually rather implausible. But in, in, in any, yes. any case, it obviously is, is part, of a, part of the solution. Now, um, some universities have already announced that they are going to increase their class suspension right the way through to um, the end of um, uh, February. Uh, Hong Kong U, among others, announcing that. Um, we've had no announcement from the government about schools. Well, as you can see, the government is so indecisive in protecting public by obviously well, announcing there will be suspension of classes be it in secondary school, kindergarten, or even in university. Well, the point of suspension of classes is to minimize human traffic uh, locally so that just to prevent outbreak if in case there is uh, confirmed cases for human and human transmission locally. Uh, and as you can see in, in our neighbor, that is Macau, they already uh, announced that's the kind of strategy. As you can uh, also, the government in, uh, obviously is quite indecisive to uh, strengthen uh, uh, some sort of uh, tightening the control measures to minimize outbreaks. Obviously, the government is a quite kind of bureaucratic mentality. They have to um, uh, consider a lot of technical or, or logistic kind of uh, measures. And if uh, there's a suspension of classes, a lot of uh, logistic technology has to be considered. And with the, given that kind of mindset, I don't think the government is, co- given the uh, people in Hong Kong, confidence enough they can lead us to fight for the virus. We've also heard uh, that, um, uh, so we reported 3,000 medical staff in Hong Kong have signed a petition backing strike action next week. What exactly do they want, those people? Well, as you can see from the news that uh, one of the um, trade unions representing healthcare sector, they claim that if the government is not trying to close the uh, border totally to minimise a community outbreak and also... Uh, having enough uh, measure for stock up masses, face masses for every season in Hong Kong, and uh, also increase the isolation law, increase protection 
uh, especially in PPE for medical frontline staff, and also to uh, take this uh, case of uh, runaway infected patients seriously. That kind of uh, five demands from this uh, trade union, they will uh, put on industrial strike. And obviously, you can see the frontline medical staff or frontline healthcare staff is very distressed and very angry with the current measures uh, that the government is incompetent to uh, lead us a fight against the virus so that they might express in such a way. I don't think frontline staff will um, uh, willing to or, or will be uh, comfortable to um, employ this kind of measure. And uh, all they are trying to do to express their discontent towards the government. And hopefully, hopefully the government will be in, uh, tightening their control and increase uh, the uh, 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 decrease the risk of community outbreak, uh, uh, adopting all kinds of possible measures. So you don't think that they will actually go on strike? Well, I don't know because uh, you, you can see uh, for the past few days, a couple of uh, in a couple of hospitals, uh, some of the staff are, uh, uh, already have their own strategy to express their disconcern uh, or, or discontent. The government should try to face this uh, and also try, try to. Uh, ratify all these situations and talk to the frontline staff because, as you can see, um, the current measures of not totally or, or, or just symbolically uh, uh, closing some of the border will still uh, having a lot of uh, protect, uh, uh, potentially infected or infected cases much into Hong Kong, and that will overload the current uh, situ- uh, the current healthcare system. So the frontline staff is already. Uh, so those already overloaded frontline staff will be working very hard to combat this situation. And that will reflect the government is quite irresponsible and put the uh, frontline staff to a very high risk situation. Given that kind of situation, I think, I think the government should uh, uh, quickly talk to the, the, the frontline medical staff, especially the trade union, just to come up with a very possible solution. Uh, I, I, I don't think uh, the uh, frontline staff are. Uh, 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 very uh, comfortable in using this strategy. But all you can see from uh, all those uh, expressions of the frontline staff, they, that is one of the ways they are trying to uh, not just alarm, but also uh, try to alert the government. The situation is quite worse. So the government has to well, face this situation and tighten all this kind of control to protect the public. Okay, we're discussing the latest developments in the coronavirus outbreak. You just heard Joseph Lee, healthcare sector lawmaker. We're now also joined by uh, Dr. Alfred Wong. Dr. Wong is a cardiologist and member of Medicine Ansparé. Uh, good morning, Dr. Wong. Thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, now, one uh, problem uh, Joseph Lee has referred to before is the shortage of um, face masks in private health clinics. Um, how about you? Are you able to operate at the moment? Uh, yes, at the moment, yes. Uh, but I can also see that the usage become very, very high because um, um, patients are very much um, more than our expectation and and um, our staff members are, as, as you can understand, very much stressed and uh, overworked. So, so um, we tend to, many of us tend to um, escalate our level of uh, protection by ourselves, despite the recommendation by um, by, by the hospital authority. Um, so, for example, in the E&E department, in the accident and emergency department, many of our colleagues uh, do not just wear a surgical mask um, um, because there have been multiple incidents of um, uh, people 
uh, came coming from mainland China telling lies or refused to volunteer the history of uh, traveling to uh, Hubei province, for example, um, it makes uh, the hospital, especially the uh, front line in the accident and emergency department, um, a very high-risk area. It exposed them to a lot of uncertainty and the risk of uh, infecting, uh, contracting this uh, coronavirus. So, so it's understandable that they increase the use much more than uh, usual. Is there a danger of discrimination against mainland patients, or indeed anybody speaking Chinese with a mainland accent, that um, uh, naturally um, ho- uh, hospital staff, or not just clinical staff, all kinds of staff are going to be more reluctant to, to deal with them because they're scared? Well, I don't think there's a choice. Unless, unless there is um, this organized strike or, 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 or any kind of industrial actions, I don't think as a professional healthcare worker, we have a choice to, um, as you said, choose to deal with or not to deal with any kind of patients. Um, and then when there is a strike, um, it is indiscriminately um, affecting all of our patients, including Hong Kong citizens. So um, this is obviously a um, action without, not without a cause. So I, I think all of our colleagues choose to do this or plan to do this um, with very high reluctance. However, um, uh, the, 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 the actions of the government or the non-actions of the government so far has put us in a arguably even higher risk or greater danger. So I totally respect and, and understand the initiatives um, of these colleagues organizing a strike. What do you think the government should be doing that it's not doing now? It's simple. It's simple. It's to close down the border that we are uh, uh, connecting with the mainland China. Total closure? Uh, this, Even Hong Kong people can't come back? Well, yeah. In, in, and in food? What about a, food? A couple, of days, a couple of days earlier, when Carrie Lam was asked about this, she sounds like as if this is some rocket science problem that can never be solved. She, uh, she was asked whether Hong Kong people should be allowed to come back, and then she sort of gave this uh, 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 smoky smile and then, and then um, said, what, what should we do? Well, the thing is, many other countries all over the world have set an example to what should be done. Um, they have uh, flights uh, to transport their citizens back to their homeland and then quarantine them for 14 days and then release them back to their community. This is that simple. I mean, those people who have Hong Kong citizenship, who are holding Hong Kong ID cards, of course, they should be allowed to come back to reunite with their family. But um, the first priority is to uh, prevent uh, the first local cases or prevent local outbreak. So even even if we allow these people to come back, we should... Um, quarantine these people for around 14 days uh, at all costs so that we, the, the, the people of Hong Kong can be protected and the healthcare workers of Hong Kong can be protected. Jo- Joseph Lee, what's your take on that? And what about, what about food supplies? We need food. We need the contact with, uh, with the mainland. We're, we're joined together at the hip. In fact, well, I, in fact... Yeah, Joseph Lee sorry. first, perhaps. Yeah, go on. Well, I guess the... The government is trying to mislead the public on 
using different kinds of definitions of closing down the border. As we just already mentioned, that closing down the border is for decreasing the the chances of influxing of the populations or infected people to, into Hong Kong. That means what we are now arguing for closing down the border, whether it's total, whatever, it doesn't matter about the vocabulary. But the point is, the strategies to closing down the border is try to stop visitors, especially those visitors from high-risk areas coming into Hong Kong. As far as um, Hong Kong residents is concerned, if they are going to return back to Hong Kong, whether they are in high-risk area or other area, they've already have different kind of screening to protect them. And also, well, uh, if necessary, uh, isolation or quarantine for 14 days would be a kind of measure to protect not just those Hong Kong people, but also to protect the Hong Kong public in Hong Kong. But it's, uh, the government trying to misled the public that if we're closing down the border, everything will be closed, Hong Kong will become a dead city, we are being isolated. It's totally nonsense. What we are trying to, at this moment, arguing for is stop all visitors which are from high-risk area coming to Hong Kong. And the government is trying to mislead politically uh, this kind of situation. I don't think if we tighten the control, especially in the human traffic control, and Hong Kong will become isolated and no food, no uh, water in, uh, uh, being imported or uh, coming into Hong Kong, that is totally nonsense. All right, well, uh, uh, before you answer Dr. Wong, here's an email from uh, Maxine who says, I hear that over 300,000 people, 300,000 Hong Kong people want to return from the mainland and the pan-democrats want to close the borders. So let me get this straight. Those self-righteous people want to punish my friends who did their family duty to visit their parents in China. You kidding me? You two-faced jive turkeys. That comes from from uh, Maxine. Uh, Dr. Wong, skipping the jive turkeys. Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I think according to the figures provided by the government themselves, um, it is instead of three hundred thousand, it is something around uh, eighteen. Uh, what? Sorry, one hundred and eighty thousand. Uh, it is not a small number, of course, but I don't think this is uh, impossible. Uh, we can do do this bit by bit. I mean, we have already two quarantine centers. Uh, we can pull together some form of transportation, bring them back thousands by thousands and then do these quarantines bit by bit in canon. Uh, hang on, where are, these, sorry, where are these quarantine centres going to be? I mean, the last time the government tried to designate a new new uh, centre, it the was firebombed one. by radicals in Fanling. Yeah, yeah, that was the third one. But they already have two, uh, two, two quarantine centres functioning in the countryside. They're not going to be able so to take thousands and thousands of people in those centres, are they? That, we'd have to that's, why, that's why we have to do this bit by bit. I mean... I mean, in, 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 in the, the bottom line is, the bottom line is, it is, anyhow, this is so much better than what is happening right now. We are closing some borders, the borders that uh, not the majority of immigrants are using. And then Carrie, even Carrie Lamb herself said this, if those people are to come to Hong Kong, if you close down, close down one border, then they can choose another uh, uh, a way to come in if you are not closing it uh, once and for all. So, so, so she answered the question herself. Uh, the, the, the answer is uh, to close down one but leaving the others open is basically meaningless. Is me is meaningless. Me, but how about they they stop the trains? I mean, they halve the flights. There have been significant measures being taken there. 
I mean, I mean, just put the, put yourselves into their shoes. If you are a patient or you are suspecting yourself to be a patient uh, from Wuhan City or, or Hubei Province, if you are them and you are looking for medical advice, what do you want to go? What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? You of course want to come to Hong Kong, and then and then if you are notified that the high speed rail and the flights are limited, then what do you do? You just find another way. Is that right? I mean, it is understandable and it is human to to do this and find some way to come to Hong Kong. I don't care if it is flights or high speed rail or if it is bus or, or coaches. I, I would just find some way to so, protect so you myself think it and would, my family. Okay, you think it would be fair if, if other countries applied the same rules to Hong Kong and isolated, say, stopped all flights to Hong Kong? I will be very happy to do that. I mean, I mean, be very happy I, if all flights to Hong to Kong. Let them do that because because by that time, by that time, if that this that this is going to be considered by other countries, it is at the stage of massive local outbreak, as is what is happening right now in mainland China. So, so to let the others blocking the borders or, or sealing up the borders of Hong Kong is just a responsibility as a global citizen to protect the rest of the humanity. This is exactly what we are thinking when we are suggesting at the beginning of January to close down the border between Hong Kong and mainland China. Because Hong Kong is such an international city, so city, so many foreigners are living or working here in Hong Kong. If there is local outbreak here in Hong Kong, these people will bring the disease and the virus back to their homeland. And this will cause a global pandemic. Mm. So, 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 so to close up the border is not just to protect the people and the healthcare workers of Hong Kong. It is also a responsibility as a global citizen. Okay. Well, Dr. Wong, thanks for joining us. Alfred Wong there, cardiologist, yep. member of Medicine and Spray, and Joseph Lee. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Lee. He's the healthcare sector lawmaker. We're going to continue uh, after the news at nine. Uh, what do you think of what you've heard so far? Give us a call, 233-88266. The weather, fine and dry. Cold today, maximum temperature about 18 degrees, 13 degrees now, humidity at 50%. In the world. The group originated in Italy, but Interpol says it now operates in 32 countries, more than half of them in Europe. The agency said the gang had enormous power, built mainly on drug trafficking, corruption, and diversion of public funds. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Friday morning with Danny Gittings and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're continuing to talk about uh, aspects of the coronavirus uh, outbreak uh, in the mainland in Hong Kong and uh, around the world. Of course, updates. Uh, two new cases reported in Hong Kong. Uh, the WHO uh, also making that announcement that, uh, that it's considered a global uh, emergency, uh, as well as uh, very sadly more deaths, considerably more deaths reported uh, uh, in the mainland. Uh, no deaths yet reported uh, outside uh, the mainland. And uh, i got to say, you know, when you compare with SARS, with SARS in 2003, we were talking about 300 deaths uh, in Hong Kong, and we're talking here about um, 12 cases. And I, I mean, I don't want to minimise things, but mm. it is worth reflecting that uh, immediately before the Lunar New Year holiday last Friday, we had a programme um, on this topic, and we had apocalyptic predictions that by the end of the Lunar New Year holiday, um, the uh, virus would be spreading within the community, and we would have cases of being transmitted, widespread cases of being transmitted from uh, between people in Hong Kong, and um, so far there is not confirmed evidence of that happening. I mean, that may come in the coming days, but... Mm -hmm. um 
Uh, okay, some, some, some comments from listeners. Uh, do give us a call, 233-88266. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, also joining us uh, for the second part of the program, we have uh, Dr. Gabriel Choi, former president of the Hong Kong Medical Association. If you've got any question or comment uh, for him, give us a call, 233-88266, or drop us uh, an email. Or go to our Facebook page as well. That's Batchat on RTHK Radio 3. Uh, Bernadette in an email says, please confirm if we are breaking the law in Hong Kong by using face masks that have been banned by Mrs. Carrie Lam. That's from, from Bernadette. As far as I know, the point is that you, there is a health exemption, isn't there? Yeah, well, she's wearing one now, isn't she? So. Yes, if you're wearing it for a, for a health reason, um, that's, uh, that's uh, considered acceptable. Uh, and uh, on uh, Facebook... Uh, Zach says, responding to the uh, the uh, call for uh, domestic helpers, foreign domestic helpers, not to leave their employers' homes on their rest days. That's what that came from the uh, government. Uh, Zach says, good idea that domestic helpers stay home. It's no use to remind them to avoid gathering or chit chatting because once they're out, they will gather in the parks and eat pre cooked food. That's from Zach. And uh, Bob says, this is addressing. My colleague, Danny, just read normally, please. Dial down the drama. It's excruciating to hear. That comes from uh, Bob. Okay, Danny. Thank you for your advice, Bob. Uh, Let's try another email and see what you think. Uh, uh, This one's from uh, Bowen. Bowen says, It's a shame that Peter is so obsessed with politics that he cannot tear himself away from it, even in these critical and dangerous times. The US does not sit right next to Hong Kong like the mainland does. And the quantity of people moving between Hong Kong and the US cannot possibly begin to compare with that between Hong Kong and the mainland. There's no reason why people travelling from the mainland to Hong Kong, including Hong Kongers, cannot be quarantined for 14 days if the lives of our city, entire city depend on it. Announcing that it will, it will be done will itself reduce the number of people seeking entry into Hong Kong. Who would know what the 3,000 medical practitioners who had signed the online petition want if he had read the news? It's been reported that the 15,000-strong Hospital Employees Alliance would convene a general meeting on Saturday to discuss a strike if the government did not close the city's borders. As the 3,000 signatures mentioned are a part of that effort, it must have been intended to press the government to take a more stringent approach to controlling the inflow of people from the mainland. Thank you very much, Bowen. Uh, and uh, one more comment, just a quick one from uh, Alan, who says, is every one of the hundreds of thousands of returning locals from China currently being inspected or tested when they arrive at the various Hong Kong entry points? I hope so, uh, says uh, Alan. Uh, Dr Choi, good morning to you. Uh, what's what's your take on this? Do you w- w- do you want the border to be closed? What do you think would be the appropriate response? I would suggest the border to be closed uh, in line with other medical personnel in the hospital authority. You do want a complete closure? How about Hong Kong people coming back to Hong Kong? Uh, Hong Kong people coming back to Hong Kong uh, should be properly checked. And uh, if needed, quarantined uh, for 14 days uh, to make sure that they do not contaminate the community. Because if we have a virus spreader in the community, just like the SARS episode, then uh, it will be very disastrous for Hong Kong as a community. Okay. Now, how about the situation in the in the health service in Hong Kong and uh, your former president of the Hong Kong Medical Association? How about the situation in private health clinics at the moment? 
Pride Clinic, uh, we are fading along. Uh, the Pride Clinics are the frontline uh, doctors uh, battling uh, in a solo profession, and uh, they do not have the necessary equipment uh, to prevent uh, infection, like facial masks and full gears. And this is very important, as uh, is mentioned in the news just now. Uh, it, this is uh, influenza uh, uh, period, and uh, right now we are seeing many fever posing, uh, many fever due to influenza. And if you need to diagnose this influenza, you need to, to be very close to a patient, take some nasal swabs and do some rapid tests in order to confirm that it's influenza and start them on Tamiflu to prevent the fever from spreading. Uh, to do that, if you do not have the proper equipment, you may get contaminated or, or infected. If it's infected by influenza, then you still have the proper medication to deal with. But you have, if you are infected by the new coronavirus, then it is uh, it may it may be a life and death issue. So we have been urging government to uh, help us with uh, procuring the supply of facial masks and uh, protective gears. But uh, uh, I have been informed uh, last night by the president that uh, Professor Zhongli Chen has only promised to deliver thirty thousand facial masks. There are 6,000 GPs in Hong Kong. If 30,000 uh, facial masks are to be, to be divided amongst the 6,000, each will be getting five masks. And if you have five clinic staff in your office, then it's a one-day supply. So I don't think it's going to do much. We have been trying to procure the masks by ourselves. But uh, uh, through the Internet and through various means, but uh, this has not been very successful. So what's happening? You say uh, some private clinics, they don't have enough protective equipment. What's, what's happening? Are they closing or are they continuing uh, without protective uh, equipment? Many of, the, of those who have been practicing for a long time have not resumed their practice after the Chinese New Year. And they are just waiting, uh, uh, so, uh, waiting for the proper time to come back. Because uh, right now, I think they, they, they agree that it's too dangerous. Some are working uh, with uh, limited supply of the facial masks. This will supply. This supply will last them for about two weeks' time. Without the proper resources, uh, uh, they will have to either risk uh, doing it or uh, close shop. Uh, it depends on whether their clinic, clinic staff will uh, continue to assist them without the proper protective gears. And will private clinics continue to treat patients from the mainland? But many people must be very suspicious right now. And uh, yes, is there... I think the, uh, the the common practice now for all Hong Kong GPs are to ask the proper questions first before they see the patient. Uh, at the triage by our clinic staff, we ask two questions: whether there is any fever, and take a temperature to uh, uh, make sure that there is no fever, and to ask the question whether they recently travelled to the mainland in the past two weeks. So if there is uh, a suspicion of the coronavirus, then they are referred to the a and &E or to, uh, to fever clinic. The fever clinic has not started yet. The government clinic, fever clinic has not started yet. So they are referred to the uh, accident emergency department. But if they uh, have not been to the mainland, then we will see this patient. But um, we have to say that sometimes patients may not be very honest if they have been to the mainland and they do not want to be stigmatized then they may uh, try and hide this fact, which is very dangerous for both themselves and for the doctors. 
So you're saying private clinics now, even if you're a Hong Kong person, you go to a private clinic and you're, if you, um, you've been to the mainland in the last two weeks, so then you will be turned away from the private clinic and you'll if be... If you have been to the mainland for the last two weeks and if you develop a fever. So both. It's not just both. if you... you if both. you just say you've been to the mainland, a private clinic will treat you or they still will send you away, even without... I will food. still treat if the if he has been to the mainland uh, for the last two weeks, but he has not developed a fever. He comes in for... Uh, some other symptoms like uh, 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 itchy Okay, so I, there's no reason why why I should not see him. But if he has a fever and if he has a uh, has been to the mainland for two uh, within the last two weeks, even if it's not Wuhan, then uh, we we would suggest that they go to the AED uh, to get a proper treatment. But if they, if they have been to Wuhan uh, or the or the province, then uh, uh, the duty or the uh, regulation demands that we report this uh, uh, to the hotline so that the ambulance can come and pick them up and bring them to a proper place for uh, check up and investigations. Okay, here's some uh, some uh, emails. We've got, we've got quite a lot on a range of topics. But uh, this is from uh, James, who says, Paranoia over the ongoing protests and the coronavirus is having a profoundly negative effect on the daily life of the SAR. It appears as if the government and public services are using them as an excuse to operate well below capacity. Consequently, littering, dumping, jaywalking, illegal parking and so on, and still filthy toilets have stripped away any semblance of a properly functioning society. In many ways, it's becoming a me-first society. Unfortunately, our leaders do not lead, and the new wave of democratic councillors regard themselves as major politicians rather than fulfilling their primary task of fighting to improve the everyday lives of their constituents. Urgent action needs to be taken before this wonderful city, through conscious neglect, destroys itself. That comes uh, from uh, James. And uh, uh, Andrew F. says, Dr Wong, who's a guest in our first part, Dr. Wong's politicisation of the situation is absolutely shameful. Glancing at an actuarial table, statistically, the chance of me dying from coronavirus comes somewhere between death by killer bees and lightning strike. Hypertension, on the other hand, is in the top five. And given what listening to Dr. Wong's nonsense this morning did to my blood pressure, I'll be holding him personally responsible for my premature demise. That comes from Andrew Farish. Dr. Choi, are we panicking? I mean, literally, people are panicking when it comes to, like, buying Face food. There's no, there's no particular threat to food supplies in Hong Kong, but people are emptying shelves. I think... Um we are panicking. We are panicking, and rightfully so. I think we are far behind. But it's, but it's, uh, no, it's never sure. It's never good to panic. I mean, that leads you to do you know unnecessary. Well, we, we, we panic because our government is inefficient. Inefficient, and uh, we panic because when we compare Hong Kong with Macau, we see a much better governance uh, in Macau than Hong Kong. We panic because we do not get a supply of uh, uh, protective gears and masks. Uh, when we should be getting these. We panic if we remember that SARS took to, to 200 odd lives and not from Hong Kong. And we panic uh, if we see our uh, medical personnel in the hospitals wearing full gear and uh, risking their life uh, doing their jobs. Hit. I think there's good reason to panic. Doctor, hit Dr. Choi, something I don't understand. You say the government is inefficient. I, I would agree with you. I think most people in Hong Kong would agree with you. The government handles this terribly. There's not enough face masks. Um, all, all of, all, everything goes the wrong way like that. But yet, at the moment, we still do not see sustained uh, 
community transmission of the disease in Hong Kong. He's gone through China. The cases we're seeing are parents to children, uh, patient to doctor, husband to wife, but we have still not, I mean, this is, we were warned about this a week ago um, on this very show, but we still not yet had a confirmed case of it uh, being transmitted on the street or anything like that from person to person. I mean, of course, we don't want to see it happen. Wuhan, Wuhan in Hong Kong, in Hong Kong. I mean, Wuhan has over ten thousand, uh, uh, nearly ten thousand cases now. So, if you really want to see Wuhan in Hong Kong, uh, uh, are we going to be happy because uh, no. uh, of the of the prediction that there is person to person spread and so on? Uh, I think. Mean, <laughs> why is it not? Why is it, it not is, happening? It, it is important for the medical personnel. Yeah, but uh, this, this is so important. I, I don't think uh, uh, we should be uh, sarcastic and say, oh, uh, this, is, this will not happen in Hong Kong and this is not happening in Hong Kong. When we are seeing so many of our neighbor Chinese, Chinese cities uh, getting infected day after day and getting numbers getting higher and higher. And we know that the numbers, <clears throat> the numbers are not uh, uh, very real because of the initial uh, numbers are, are falsely reported and uh, not true, uh, uh, not true figures. But again, we are doing. There's so many things are going wrong about how we are handling it, the lack of face masks and so on. Um, but have we just been lucky so far? What, why are they, I mean, of course, we're very happy. There are not more cases, even more cases in Hong Kong. It's not spreading faster. But um, um, if there are all these problems, you, you would expect think, the situation to be even we, worse. We are lucky, but we may not. <laughs> We may not be lucky all the time. Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, I think with the open door policy, people can get across uh, law every day uh, without uh, 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 segregation and quarantine. <clears throat> this is uh, a serious problem. And I think uh, some of us can see this problem uh, uh, from a distance and uh, try and warn the government. And the government is very slow to react and it's too slow to react in fact. And I, I think, I just hope that we do not see a real epidemic because uh, we don't want another uh, 2, 000, uh, 200 lives uh, taken away from Hong Kong. Okay, and uh, once again, our email address is bankchat.rthk.hk. Uh, Nick uh, says in an email, your guests seal the border. So how are we going to eat? Why not cut off the water uh, uh, as well? Uh, Dr. Choi, I mean, presumably you would allow food through <laughs> the border? I think this is uh, another, another misnomer, another uh, uh, wrong information. I think closing the border does not mean closing the food supply or closing the water supply and so on. I, I think closing the border is talking about closing the border to uh, uh, to tourists or to uh, people coming back uh, from China and from mainland, especially uh, 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 closing it for a, a short period of time just to make sure that there's no further infection for 14 days. I think this is uh, something This is very costly, of course. But uh, if we do not take this measure, then we cannot guarantee that uh, the epidemic will not spread. 
Okay. Uh, so Joe in an email says, we who live near the Lokmar Chow don't want this border open because you're making Yunlong and Shengshui high risk. I understand the main contamination is from hands and eyes, so we use alcohol to wash. So can you tell me if I, can, if I put a good tissue over my mouth, is that just as good as putting a face mask? In other words, are face masks that good? That comes from Joe. Could you use a tissue instead of a, a face mask, Dr. Choi? Uh, not as good, definitely, because the face mask is three pliers, and uh, there are some face masks which is which are four pliers, and there are face masks which is antibacterial. So just a piece of tissue, or even the old-fashioned uh, cloth, uh, uh, cloth type uh, face mask uh, is probably inadequate. But we do do have a shortage of supply. I mm. think if you cannot get a face mask, then uh, there are YouTube. YouTubers teaching you how to create face masks and so on. And I, I think uh, uh, that uh, putting it under the UV light or boiling it or uh, steaming it uh, will not will destroy the fiber uh, of the face mask and make it uh, less efficient. Okay. And also just on, on, the, uh, on the alcohol, everyone talking about hand wash and alcohol, but of course everyone, uh, but also doctors say that soap and water is better uh, alcohol is basically a backup if you don't have soap and water. So if you you, you could wash your hands at, uh, at you know in the um, in the toilet. I'm in the in in the hospital right now, and uh, when I come in, I, I I'm forced to uh, scrub my hand with uh, alcohol alcohol gel. So uh, I think the <clears throat> the profession is more confident with the uh, alcohol scrub rather than uh, plain water. Uh, oh, really? okay. But uh, alcohol, uh, water, and soap uh, can be used uh, if you do not have the alcohol scrub, scrub uh, uh, readily available. Okay, let's let's bring in another email from a listener on the issue of um, precautions against the virus. Uh, Thomas says Backchat has to be commended for their unwavering concern about Hong Kong and for Backchat's quick and forward thinking, which was shown again with a discussion with the medical doctors. Among precautions about the virus, the doctors recommend face masks and alcohol rubbing. The doctors on the panel mentioned the whole virus affair might take until summer. Backchat, as usual, in quick forward thinking, made the very alarming remark there might be problems with the Rugby Sevens. And with tongue-in-cheek, I must say the fate of the Rugby Sevens has always been determined. Virus or no virus is either without regrets the government may counsel the Rugby Sevens as this game is anyway foreign to Hong Kong and does not com- uh, is not commensurate with a harmless, harmonious society, or the organisers will counsel it, as it makes no more sense because all the alcohol has gone in Hong Kong to be used for rubbing instead. Okay, uh, this is from uh, Drake, and this is referring to uh, our earlier uh, correspondent. Um, uh, Peter, says Drake, Peter continues to play with his xenophobic conspiracy rhetoric with incorrect data. The H1N1 swine flu was first discovered in Mexico, then America in March. The total number of cases worldwide had only grown to 130 by the end of April. WHO data compared that to 9,000 cases in less than a month now. The growth this time is staggering. We quarantined a hotel for seven days when the first case emerged in Hong Kong. When it developed into a worldwide pandemic in May, closing the border to the US is simply not enough. If we were Canada back then, we might have closed the borders. If Canada were us today, they might have closed the borders uh, all the same. 
And uh, Andrea, I think referring to the same email by Peter, says, with reference to the first email read out this morning, I would like to note that SARS started in Guangdong province and not in the USA. Uh, on 16 November 2002, an outbreak of SARS began in China's Guangdong province, which, this is a quote from Wiki, which borders Hong Kong. Uh, uh, Andrea says it has nothing to do with the USA whatsoever. There were no deaths, counting hundreds of thousands. This blatant claim is more than ridiculous. It's tragic. Uh, in my view, by reading out the email as it was, without any remarks and corrections, RTHK seems to have approved the content and has broadcast misinformation. I think, uh, Andrea, the, as I say, the email was about actually H1N1, uh, not about SARS. Also, we're not approving content of emails we're reading out, are we? We're Absolutely not approving any, con uh, any content. Uh, uh, Andrea says, Second, it's getting boring to hear that closing down Hong Kong's borders will close out local people. It's entirely possible to let Hong Kong people in and refuse entry to anyone else. Several countries around us have done it. That comes uh, from uh, uh, Andrea. Uh, Alan says, your narrator seems to rather seems to enjoy exercising his dramatic voices on these woo-mow rants every day. I'm not sure which of us that is. Uh, but my forehead is getting bruised from the repeated banging on the desk. After a short break, waiting for orders from Beijing, they've taken a new line of diverting attention from the potential epidemic and its mishandling by the government by abusing anyone who notes that it originated in the mainland and, of course, asserting that RTHK is conspiring with protesters to blacken the government. Maybe you can have a woo-mow hour every Every day at a given time so I can switch off. After the protests are suppressed, there won't be anything else allowed, so it might be a good idea to make a start. That's uh, Alan's take. Uh, S, uh, on a more serious note, says, spare a thought for the frontline health staff. One doctor in Wuhan actually died. Prevention is better than cure. And uh, Drake says the death rate for this Wuhan pneumonia may be low, but it would still kill many with current speed. It's spreading. 9,000 cases in less than a month for China alone, the WHO said yesterday, and Andrew Kay just says another bad guest day. Thanks for that. Uh, Dr Choi, uh, let's just think more broadly about the um, health impact of um, what's happening now for, for, for a moment. I, I, I imagine a lot of patients are counselling uh, appointments for, for other health conditions and that um, public hospitals have, uh, have stopped um, seeing patients for other reasons. Um, is there a danger of health impact beyond the virus? Yes, I, I think uh, the third set that most of the scheduled operations and procedures in X-ray are being put on hold. And uh, because these patients have been waiting for years, probably a couple of years before they can get the operation done or the procedure done, and then uh, uh, because of this is put on hold, this is very like SARS. And uh, the, most of these would would be would have to be done in the private, private hospital now if the patients are anxious about it. And even in the private hospitals, they are very um, uh, cautious about admitting new patients uh, into, the, into the wards nowadays. So uh, right now, I think uh, many patients are feeling very anxious uh, about their initial, uh, initial illness. And uh, it, that's, that's why it's important to make sure that the private sector continues to function and serve as a backup for the hospital authority. Because if, if not, then our patients have nowhere to go. I would imagine many people are scared to go and see a doctor right now. Surprisingly, yesterday when I start, restart my practice in the morning, I was uh, overcrowded by patients. So they have been waiting for quite a while to see their patients. Uh, 
they have been having their upper upper airway infections, uh, common colds, influenza, and so on for um, probably four or five days during the Chinese New Year, and worried uh, about it and not going to the A and E because they are worried about being quarantined, uh, uh, which they would not have been if they are if they were properly investigated and checked. But they are very worried about it, so they just wait until the power doctors restart their clinic after the Chinese New Year. And they just jam up all these uh, clinics, uh, which we start uh, the day before yesterday. What's your advice on that? Uh, first of all, uh, when should you go to the doctor? What uh, and what are the symptoms? How are the symptoms of this different to uh, ordinary colds or flu? Uh, well, and, I, I and, think would you, and would you suggest the patients with uh, common cold or minor illness? can deal with uh, mm. by uh, segregating uh, themselves at home and taking uh, simple uh, medications or over-the-counter medications like uh, paracetamol and so on. And uh, if they develop a fever and they want it to be checked, uh, and if they have not been to the mainland, then should, they should go to their GP and uh, get a proper uh, examination and reassurance and the proper medications. But if they have been to the mainland, especially to Wuhan, and they develop symptoms like diarrhea and fever and malaise, then they should go to the uh, uh, HA hospitals uh, to get properly investigated. Uh, and uh, are flu jabs any use? Obviously not against the coronavirus, but do they, do they make any medical sense having a, a flu jab? No, the, the influenza vaccination is, uh, should have been completed. Uh, one month ago, so right now there there should not be too many too many stock of uh, influenza vaccine around. But the influenza does not uh, aggravate or, or alleviate the uh, coronavirus uh, illness. Uh, it only makes the diagnosis more difficult because if you have the flu and you have a fever, then you have to really exclude influenza uh, A and influenza B first, and if you do that, you need to take a nasal swab, and which is a more high-risk procedure nowadays because of the coronavirus uh, saga. Okay, just a couple of more comments to, to finish off. Uh, Joe Average says, so I want to know if somebody is smoking a cigarette a long way away, I can smell it through my mask. Is the bacteria that small that is in the air like smoke? And... GT says, all this argument is making the whole situation noisy and unmanaged. Please note this coming weekend is the returning weekend after Chinese New Year. As such, if the solution doesn't happen today, then we will have a million or more returners at the border and nowhere to quarantine them. Simple instructions such as all returners should be wearing masks and orders to go home and stay home for 14 days with the police used to check. Hurry up. That's uh, the take from uh, GT. Thank you very much indeed for all those questions and comments from uh, all our listeners and to our guests. Dr Choi, thank you very much indeed. Dr Gabriel Choi there, former president of the Hong Kong Medical Association. And uh, Danny, many thanks to you. That's it. We'll be back. Uh, good willing. Stay, stay healthy. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, and uh, enjoy the weather as well. A very nice time to get out in the open air. Uh, it's going to be fine and dry today, cold, and maximum temperature today about uh, 18 degrees. The outlook temperatures will rise and it'll become cloudier in the next couple of days. The yellow fire danger warning now in force and the cold weather warning as well. 14 degrees and the relative humidity is at 47%. The first bus in the morning. The familiar feeling of your long-time office. 
A school bell rings in the start of a new lesson. Crowded restaurants buzzing with conversation. Shops rolling up the shutters to let the sunshine in. Every day is a new day. Every day can be a new beginning. Treasure Hong Kong, our home. Nine thirty-two. The news now with Samantha Butler. The number of confirmed deaths from China's coronavirus outbreak has risen to 213, with Hubei province reporting 42 of the 43 new fatalities. Nationwide, nearly 2,000 new cases were confirmed, bringing the total to under 10,000. The new figures come hours after the World Health Organization declared a global emergency over the deadly pathogen, which has spread to about 20 other countries. Health services sector lawmaker Joseph Lee says the government has been incompetent over sourcing surgical masks for the general public and the medical sector. He expressed concern that a shortage of masks could lead to private clinics and could lead to private clinics being shut ahead of the winter flu surge. And the Palestinian leadership says it's warned Israel that if it annexes any part of the occupied West Bank, all agreements between the two sides will be terminated. The Palestinian Prime Minister Mohammed Steyer said this would include economic and political deals stuck in the past. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the University of Set and Costume Designer Interpreter of Beethoven. As well. Oh, so shy, quiet and retiring doggy council co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is really for adults, it's not really for kids. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Decide of what's happening behind the myth. Good morning. In-depth interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. And welcome to Friday. Right here on The Morning Brew. Phil Whelan with you until one o'clock. Chef Matt Dolan is our man at ten past ten today. We're going to catch up with him live from his San Francisco lair, 25 Lusk. I'm kind of thinking deep green vegetables, immuno stuff, eat your greens, that kind of vibe. But tasting fantastic as we go. And I'm very curious to see what the scene is in downtown San Francisco right now. Matt with me in 35, 40 minutes. After 11.30, and quite by chance because it's been in the book for a while, Dr Paul Murray will be joining us in the studio for a pretty important house call, I'd say. Do email any questions you may have for Dr Paul, morningbrew at rthk.hk. And after 12.30, it's Marshy Movie Time Light, as James is going to be joining me very early in the morning on the line from the UK to talk about Jojo Rabbit, Uncle Jens... And the farewell. 